0: This is Claude B. And this is Bird, and together we are Two, Two Bees Pod. Pod. And we're just a couple of old bees talking about life, love, surviving and thriving through the everyday trials of adulting as older millennials. We definitely don't have it all figured out, but we're doing it anyway. <laughs>
1: I look up and the whole room's spinning You take my cares away I can so overcomplicate People tell me to medicate
2: Feel my blood running sweat the sky's falling
0: I this shit's fabricated And we're back Hey Hey I haven't seen you since last year Oh my god, your the dad Classic joke. Yokes. I have my Your dad yokes. Yeah. It's not one of my jokes. I just know everyone hates that joke. Oh, See you next year. God. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I kind of like it, but I thought saying it. I thought saying it. But did you? Because you said it. Uh, well, yeah. Just you just mean to... like in life? You yeah. Right now it's just to be annoying. For you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's like happy podcast new year. That's true. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're coming in with like... With it's our a, pizza episode. Is it? Yeah. Right? Sure. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know things. <laughs> um, It's been like four weeks. hmm Yeah. Because as usual, we're on the holidays, we're not sick. We're both of done. us. Yep. I was like... You worse. Yeah. I'm, I'm just done. <laughs> like, anytime I get sick, it's intense because yeah. it's still like there and lingering, like in the voice. Like I'm doing, like that. You know, like people who talk like that. What's mm. that called? Valley girl. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, vocal fry. Oh, really? This, When like people talk like that, like it's called vocal fry. You know who? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh huh. <What's laughs> <it? laughs> Anyway, so that's why my voice is still doing that. But I was noticing that I've at least the last four years, at least Mm -hmm. not five, I've been freaking sick around the holidays, either before or after Christmas. Maybe you just can't take any breaks. You know they say when you find like you're go 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 and then you stop. What am I breaking from? Like the holiday break from work? No, bruh, that's that's you. (laughs) (laughs) I've (laughs) worked. True. You're the one who gets, like, a week off. Yeah. I don't get that anymore. <laughs> I get sick at the end, and then I have to take time off. Yeah. It's a lot. The holidays are a lot. It's, like, non-stop. I wonder if that's what it is that I, like, just, like, stress myself out about mm. the holidays or, I don't know, whatever. Yes. And then this is, like, I this is not my favorite time of the year anyway, so yeah. I don't know if it's, like, everything. It is, but isn't it? Yeah, is but it isn't. Yeah, well, I wasn't even thinking emotionally, but yes, in the last few years emotionally. But I, <laughs> thanks for bringing up. <laughs> but no, just like the like winter oh, time is not my fave. Yeah, so I don't know if that's a contributing fact I don't know. Whatever. It's yeah. happened for at least five years. It's an issue. Yeah, like I need a better immune system. Oh, what right? you eat. Crap? Yes, I do. Mm. I do eat crap. <laughs> you, but you do eat good at times. But the holidays are so hard to. It's hard. She too much time making food. Or time you live make, off tamales. Don't oh, eat it. Yeah, well, I live off tamales. Yeah, mom's made all the tamales. This yeah, year. yeah, yeah. But anyways, but anyways, we're back. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. I had this vision for us of like. Setting intentions and being better humans and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And we're here. <laughs> At least we're here. We did none of that. Every time I feel like, oh man, like we're this, we're that, whatever. Like, I think back to the, when we went to the Outlier podcasting and they said they don't make it past three episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're five times better than those now, 15. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> to us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's time still. So. We gotta do some planning and we've been talking about it. There's been so much life happening this year. Mm. I mean, life's probably gonna continue. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, one can only hope. (laughs) (laughs) Because what's the alternative? Oh my god. (laughs) But, like, events, like big events, like my mom's election, Mm -hmm. work shit, Mm -hmm. which. Anyway. Mm-hmm. All good things, all good. Things. <laughs> <laughs> all, good things, all good things. Yeah, it's just been busy, but we still it's still early in the year. We're still in the first month. We have yeah. some planning to do. Yeah. We're talking about some updates and improvements and mm-hmm. changes within the podcast, so might be the same old bees but the new brand. <laughs> yeah, but not. But <laughs> More to come. More posted. to come. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all exciting. Yep. Um, but it's January, so I think we we are. We had a nice little check in. We have some things coming up, bringing some folks on who are about that life, visions, and setting intentions. We have like. What, <laughs> I'm like looking at you, like, what life is that? I'm not not that. ours. That's, why, and that's <laughs> why we have this podcast to so bring yeah, people on yeah. to tell so us. We can things. learn. Yeah. Yeah, we have some exciting guests and things happening um within the new year Mm -hmm. so we're gonna learn more about those things is what you're saying yeah and try to be better humans and better at adulting yeah while making other folks maybe feel less alone maybe we will too like people hopefully people listen to us and they're like saying you know yeah you know when you see stuff and you're like oh my god i'm not the only one who thinks this do you think like 15 episodes Later, it's just me and you talking to me and you. <laughs> Did you get the alert? I heard. I saw. It said like one of our episodes hit a hundred, which I think we've gone over hundred already. But like mm-hmm. another yeah. one. I was oh no! Woohoo! On anchor. Yeah. No. And then we just found maybe I'm not wrong. Our reviews because we're droids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't drag us. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So you don't like it? You do it? Huh? Don't like it. You do it. Start a podcast. <laughs> I'm mad before I need to be mad. Sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like it, start your own shit. <laughs> Listen to yourself. <laughs> what are you excited for in this year? I think it said last uh, episode maybe, but just like trying to continue to grow, yeah, and continue to heal mm. and be a better human. I really want to focus on my health overall. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about same page, same page. Mm -hmm. I feel like a a lot's gonna happen this year, like a lot of growth. I'm hoping, I know that um, stuff will happen with this podcast. How much? I don't know, but I think even I think this will lead to us finding what we're looking for. I don't know, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like creatively, like it's gonna like open our eyes to like what we have the ability to do Mm -hmm. outside of like we've talked about being more than work Mm. and whatever Mm. um and then there's just a lot happening like the wedding and then you'll be a part of that so I'm excited for what's to come it feels like it's gonna be a good year 2016 2018 2019 is the year no from 2016 to 2018 was like like, shit happened what are you looking for (laughs) Who's hoping for 2020? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could just be optimistic and... What? Who are you laughing at? Let's just try to be optimistic. I mean... <laughs> like a point to say. I can try. <laughs> no, but yeah. that Yeah. But yeah. I said absolutely nothing in that sentence. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Pause. hmm Should we... Are we in the future or back in time doing this? Because we're here to tell our friends what's coming, right? I don't even know how to answer that <laughs> right now. I'm in the present. I don't know what sort of an advanced level of enlightenment you've just achieved. I'm here. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I feel like what we we came here to tell folks about, give them a little pre- preview mm-hmm. of what's coming in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so are we in the future? No. When people listen to this, they're gonna be, mm. knowing that we hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Still waiting sure. for you to work I'm it not out. Sure what I'm trying to say. Mm. But I feel like what you're saying about like growth and like different things we talk about in this episode yeah. and new things. But I also was wondering is it worth mentioning like I felt really good after this episode recording. No? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I oh. see what you're saying. Okay. Saying. I mean, we can say that, like, we're recording this art portion after we've already um, had our time with our guests. Mm-hmm. So we're, like, yeah, putting it in there. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Is okay. that what you're... Yeah, what yeah, your little brain was trying to work out? <laughs> I have a blood brain. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it felt good. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, we were, like, it was uh, another, like, week weekend or another like the day before was like a little weird, like stuff happening weird, whatever. And mm-hmm. then I think you mentioned feeling a kinda of way. Yeah, yeah, coming oh, here. Yeah. And we were kind of like, these are the people to surround ourselves with. Totally when we were feeling the to energy. Speak. Yeah. 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 So much positivity and it was just like really great conversation. Mm-hmm. Like vulnerable conversation, honest conversation and like learning. Yeah. Is that what Kylie Jenner says? The year of learning stuff or something. <laughs> Knowing things oh, learning yeah. stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Something that. Do you know about this Kylie Jenner egg thing on Instagram? I don't think it has anything to do with her. No, no, no. I, well, I think the comparison. Okay, I know nothing. So let's right. start with that. Its name is like Edgar. No. Okay. So the egg commented on one of our stories. What? Or like submitted a question. And I was like, what the F is this guy? What? Who is this fucking weirdo? Because I don't know. Yesterday? what the a fire? Bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was like, what is this? What is this nonsense? Why does this fucking egg have a million followers? Whatever, weirdo. You and I ignored it. <gasps> <laughs> and then, like, now it's, like, all over social media. But I think the whole thing is that the egg has more followers than Kylie Jenner. Is that what it likes. is? Likes. So Kylie oh, Jenner likes. had the most likes. Some photos she posted. Mm. And now this egg. And it's, yeah. I, I, all I read, because, of course, I skimmed. I didn't read details. Something about, like, the person is from, like, British Columbia. Uh-huh. <laughs> I a story for beast. Never mind. Um, and her, I think her name is Henrietta. The egg has a name. It's something with an E. Is it Eugene? I think it's something like that. Mm. I don't know, but I still don't get it. I think it's just, like, a troll situation. I don't like, know if it's, like, to be I a think most it's the like, photo on Instagram, right? But then you just said, like, my dad yolks. Everyone's making yolks about the egg. Like yolks. Yeah. Right? I I don't know if that's why I just this is fire content. Eggs. Like anyway. Yeah. How do we get to that? Kylie Jenner. Oh, learning stuff and things. (laughs) We're back. We're back. (laughs) Found it. Anyways. With all that having been said, we're really excited to have this interview with Ebony and Araceli and um, all the knowledge on all the information that they have to teach us. We've talked a lot um, these, you know, in the past months of podcasting about how both of us are in different paths of healing and trying to learn about new um, alternative forms and realms of healing, things that aren't necessarily just... Uh, talk therapy mm-hmm. and so that's why we wanted to have them on we've been planning on this for a while and we're super excited to finally have them here so here's Ebony Navasoli okay so we're so excited to have two very special guests who have been very positive and enlightening people that have entered our lives just let us know a little bit about you what you do and why you're here let me to go first
1: Hi guys, thank you for having me and um, letting me sit in in your podcast. First off, my name is Araceli and I am a human on earth, (laughs) trying to be more human and learning more about that and also just, um, I don't know what else to say, I can't explain myself but I would consider myself definitely a healer now, I think I've found that and um, yeah, just continuing to explore that for now.
3: Thank you. thank you. Awesome. So hello. Also, um, and thank you for the invite. This is exciting. <laughs> um, but I'm uh, mm-hmm. Ebony, and uh, like Adasseli, I also consider myself a healer, and I'll add kind of like a guide mm-hmm. um, for folks to find the healing that is already present within them, and so just kind of like finding different ways to pull that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can take so many different approaches right so just kind of the things that I particularly focus on are you know whether it's talking about what's going on or um, doing like trauma-informed yoga or um, using sound you know focusing in listening to the body using art there's just so many ways you can do it Mm -hmm. Um, and so whatever works for people is what they need so
0: And that's uh, why we thought of both of you, um, having worked with you in different ways and learned more about what you do and the different practices you bring to folks. Um, because we like this podcast to be a space for people to tell their stories and talk Mm -hmm. about our healing and the different forms, um, that that's taken on. And a big one being like that talk therapy is not the only form of healing Mm -hmm. for folks. So Yeah. Um, And um, I think just, I know I've mentioned, um, but I think that you have dabbled a bit mm -hmm. also within the last year or Mm -hmm. so. I think both of us have been more open to different types of healing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that I've mentioned on the podcast how um, in my own healing journey um, that I've, you know, started doing things like trauma-informed therapy Mm -hmm. um, and trying to explore just other avenues as opposed to traditional talk therapy, which I have done in the past. Mm. So we just um I feel like I have zero information. I mean I probably have some, but I just we just both kind of want to be more educated about what's out there, what you all do, um, what is alternative quote unquote air quotes here, um, types of healing. Um, I guess uh when you both said that you consider yourselves healers, what came to mind for me was um, I guess, how did you get there to that journey to this point? And that's maybe, like, a very long answer. But how did you sort of um, get to a point where you're like, okay, yes, this is what I am. This is who I am, what I do, um, you know, and I consider myself a healer. you want to
2: go
0: first? I'll go first. Whomever. Yeah. Yeah. whoever feels comfortable.
1: So um, I'll just start where my journey kind of started as an organizer, community organizer, and, like, you know, fighting for the people, like, liberating the people, all of that stuff. That happened to me when I was really, really young. And so I knew that I wanted to study more about power dynamics for some reason. And thankfully, I did end up going to a school that was a Catholic school for college. But um, they weren't super Catholic, but just... The concept and, like, getting to hang out with people who, like, are committed to living spiritual lives. you know, these nuns. And Mm -hmm. I met priests who were excommunicated. So it just gave me a different perspective, right? And then from there, I knew I was committed to organizing. um, And so I continued to follow that path. But the more I stepped into that, the more, like, just I felt the need to, like, liberate my own soul. Mm -hmm. And really, like, this whole time that I'm fighting for others, I'm like not focusing on myself so a cup, a lot of things happened in my life that forced me to wake up like I got a DUI at 18 I almost killed an officer at 21 so but all of it I want to say that it was in self-defense and I was it was a cry for help right Mm -hmm. and this cry for help I ended up doing more meditation more yoga reading a lot reading more about the cosmos, right, astrology, which we want to get into, right, mm-hmm. the planets and all of that, nature, all of that. And I encountered uh, yoga school, yoga training in 2015. And what I wanted was I wanted to bring yoga to the people because it wasn't, from where I saw it, it wasn't accessible. So I, but I didn't even want it, want, wanted to do it for that reason. I wanted to do it for myself. Mm-hmm. So that's when it really started when I knew that everything I wanted to do for a community just had to start with myself and had to be for myself yes. first, right? Mm-hmm. And foremost. And then I was like, kind of went deeper into this, right? Um, I started learning about all these people that that's what they did, you know, they, they were healers, but then they've kind of been, we have lost that part of history, I think, and we didn't learn a lot about it unless you kind of go in and learn more about, how these enlightened beings that we hear about, Buddhas, Jesus, all these different folks, essentially what they were were just healers, like who healed Mm -hmm. themselves and liberated themselves and created pathways for others to follow. So that's what yoga helped open me up to and um, just continuing to practice yoga, seeing how I've been able to heal myself, my body, my spirit, my mind, my consciousness from fear, doubt and all of the things that hold us back and ultimately yeah, I consider myself a healer and on that path. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, just something that resonated with me and I know something that, um, Bern and I discuss often is, um, and I can't remember how you said it, even though you just said it, but basically like healing yourself, um, before being able to heal others because you were doing the community work, but not really working on yourself. And I just wanted to kind of pause there and point that out and how important that is because so many um, of us and i say of us because we've all done some type of community or advocacy work um don't sometimes don't do that uh, or we don't pause to see the healing that needs to be done within ourselves Mm -hmm. and we're just like so focused on the mission being putting you know helping other people out there in the world Mm -hmm. so thank you so much for bringing that for bringing that up bringing that to life here Mm
3: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so for me, and I was just like mulling over how do you how do I make it concise? <laughs> <laughs> you know. For me, I came to healing from having a childhood that was full of traumas. Mm-hmm. Um, whether, you know, that's growing up in um domestic violence household until I was three, um, or, you know, sexual abuse in my family, or you know, going into the family court system for 13 years, so I had all of these things, plus my mom immigrated here, and so what that means to be first generation born in this country. Um, so there was a lot of traumas that happened at multiple times throughout my life, all at the same time, and also growing up in a Pentecostal household where you're not allowed to play games, you can't have candles, you can't do any of the stuff we're talking about mm-hmm. is not allowed. Um, and so I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how these things go together, right? How do you, because it didn't go together in my mind, but the world was telling me, no, this is how it is. And then when I was, what was it, I was in junior high, I started, you know, realizing that I was part of the queer community. And that's another piece that was a trauma to deal with. What does it mean to be in a very religious home? Um, Not my mother, but like my family. Because in my family home, just like in Guyana where my family's from, three generations live in the same home, right? So you've got everybody. And so what does it mean to come out in that environment? Um, What does it mean to lose family for multiple reasons? And so... I think a lot of my life, I was an emotional wreck, but I kept it together mm. because I did well in school, right? And my, my thing was, I'm going to make it. Mm. And yet there was no healing in that. There was just like, go, go, mm. go, keep going. Um, until at some point I realized there's something missing. I'm not connecting, right, with my body. I'm not fully connecting with the people around me. I'm not being authentic because I don't really know how to do that, mm-hmm. right? And I think I was, you know, in high school through this whole process. Um, so my healing really began when I moved to California. It took me a long time. And that was only eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I grew up in a with my mother. Well, I grew up with a family that was very religious, but on the underside, like in many countries, you have, like, a great-grandparent that channels, right? Or you've got, like, (laughs) (laughs) you've got these things that you know happen that nobody really talks about. And so, or dreams. Everybody tells you about dreams that they're having about you, right? But mm, we don't really talk about that. So I knew this was underneath, and it wasn't until I got distance from where I grew up that I actually was able to start to heal. So I did some somatic experiencing therapy to work on connecting with my body and what that is to like bring my body alive again I did, um, I started chanting, I came out here and I'd be you know, I realized like I'm Buddhist <laughs> and so I started chanting and I started feeling my body awaken, you know, just from the vibrations of sounds and then I was like, I need something else, I need to go deeper and so then, you know I joined the same yoga school that um was mentioning and that started out being for me but it also then was for sexual assault survivors that i was working with at the time who they did all the talk therapy and then the next step is like okay where to go next right what do you refer people to in my mind body work Mm. but it was really difficult for free therapy service for me to refer somebody to one out of maybe two classes in the area which wasn't necessarily trauma-informed wasn't necessarily Mm -hmm. inclusive of Mm -hmm. you know people of color you know of queer folks Mm -hmm. so I also use it as an opportunity for myself to do deeper healing but also to then say okay how am I gonna bring this to folks who they're ready but it's just not that accessible you know So that's part of my healing. I had to go through it and transform my own pain into medicine, so that it could be used in something greater than what was happening.
0: Yeah. Thank you both for sharing so much. Uh, You both kind of mentioned, like, in different ways, how this, how trauma manifests in our lives and in our bodies. And I think that's something that I've talked to both of you about. We've had conversations about of when you don't realize how it's coming out, when you don't realize where it's sitting in your body. Can you maybe talk a- about that and what you know about where it sits in the body or just, you know?
1: One thing I am going to say is a, like science is catching up, right? Mm-hmm. So now there's all these reports. Well, I've seen a couple that are saying that there's. <clears throat> like when our dna is being broken down they're literally finding how trauma is embedded Mm -hmm. in there Mm -hmm. so what we're talking about is us in this time right now we're clearly carrying all of our ancestors baggage Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. if you're sitting with it um it's not gonna be nice you know that's why a lot of us are waking up and like we got to do something Mm -hmm. right so at the same time that we're carrying it and what we've experienced it's stuck in our dna and if we were like to stretch all of that out like take out one of our chromosomes, detach the DNA, and, like, start to break it down, you would see that trauma, but you would also see the flip side of the DNA, of the DNA's potential to be able to heal that as well. Mm -hmm. So the thing that science, like, one of my teachers, she refers to this a lot, of how a lot of times they're saying it's junk DNA, Mm -hmm. but it's actually DNA that hasn't been turned on. Mm -hmm. And we turn on that DNA, like how Ebony was saying, through sound, through meditation, Mm -hmm. through A lot of sound works really great and through a whole bunch of different other modalities. And even just having that awareness of like, holy moly, there's all this DNA and powerful medicine already in my body that hasn't been activated because I've been stuck in this suffering mode that, you know, this whole world keeps us in. But if I just have that awareness that, hey, my body has its potential to heal itself, that is a first step. So that I want to say because a lot of us don't know that we have that ability in our bodies. But one thing that I'm going to say is um, kind of our, our class that we did, our workshop, we focused on the sacral chakra. So as all of us being connected to the institution where we worked at, POV, being connected to working with survivors of violence and, and specifically sexual violence, we're specifically working with that second chakra that sits right in our womb, pelvis, digestion area. Mm-hmm. So... In the yoga community, we kind of say we have three brains. We have the brain that we know about, our heart, and our digestion tract. Mm-hmm. And all of that is interconnected through uh, like this main nerve system that connects our brain to our heart to our di- digestion area. So a lot of times we're stuck in our heads a lot, but if we start to move that energy down to our hearts and just to ask our hearts questions and then our digestion system questions, we can then begin to learn more about what we need to do for our body to move all that energy and then um, there's different parts of the body too that hold different things. And then some people have like scars that don't know how they got scars. So those mm-hmm. are like different injuries. But the other one, the other body part that holds a lot is our lungs. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I want to get into about breath work. Mm-hmm. So, okay. like you guys, we're going to talk about that later and just how that's kind of what I want to send everybody off with. If you want to start, start with breath work. Mm-hmm. We were gifted breathing to be able to activate our DNA and heal our bodies. Like, we don't have to do more. You really don't have to do more than that people have been able to crack themselves open, awaken a lot of their gifts that they kind of knew they had, or you know, you or you think you're crazy, like, do I really have this gift? Do I not have this gift? Or like, whatever. But people really start to open up those gifts and crack them open through breath work.
2: Mm-hmm. So the
1: breath work is how we feed our body. And the lungs hold a lot of grief because they are a dark place. So a lot of times I've um, encountered a lot of people sharing stories of how folks have gotten lung cancer and never mm-hmm. smoked a day in their Mm -hmm. so why do these things happen right we need to start thinking critically like Mm -hmm. if individuals are getting illnesses and like this mainstream tells us oh you get it because of this you get it because of that but these folks like lived pretty healthy lives and never smoked Mm -hmm. and got lung cancer we have to look at what are these emotional causes that are causing these illnesses otherwise then you know we're not going to be able to heal whatever we want to heal but that's what I'm going to say on that part. I don't know if you want to add to that. Yeah. That's a lot. No, 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 that's so
3: good. You. I mean, that's a great jumping off point. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, you talked about epigenetics, right? right. This idea that we pass on um, trauma through our mm-hmm. DNA. So slavery is passed mm-hmm. down.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: there are things, there's this great book called Post Traumatic Slave um, Syndrome that it's PTSS versus PTSD. Mm-hmm. And it's all about... Um, This idea that there are things that we subconsciously do in response to the trauma of our ancestors. So for example, if you go into a store, right? Just typically, there are uh, certain children who will be running around, right? And then there are typically children of color, usually black children, who will be right up next to the side of their parents. They don't move, they don't run off, they don't, nothing. That is a result of history, where if you let your child wander off, they could be stolen and taken and sold. Mm-hmm. So there is a difference in even the extent of freedom in relation to the parent as a result of historical trauma. And um, these are ways that it shows up, but we're not always conscious that it's showing up that way. Mm-hmm. You know, Or when parents speak down to their child in front of them, their child could be doing amazing things. But you're like, oh, no, that's, they, they, they're not, that's not as good as I need it to be. Mm-hmm. They need to work harder, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's a way of, for an example, again, during slavery, if your child was so great and so amazing and so strong and so able, that's the next one to get sold off, mm-hmm. right? So you have to speak them down to the powers mm-hmm. in order to keep them, right? And it becomes habit over generations. Mm-hmm. And so these are some of the ways that they show up in our behavior and in how we interact and then how we have relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. Um so that was a I mean, thank you for <laughs> yeah. right. And and then the other piece of, you know, the ACES study mm-hmm. that is out there, right? Mm-hmm. Which talks about the connection between, you know, really science catching up
2: mm-hmm.
3: but the connection between trauma And in childhood and adverse health experiences in adulthood, including cancers, including, you know, the release of all this cortisol in your system, right? Mm -hmm. So that means that you are, um, you have more adrenaline, but that's not helpful if you don't use it. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is it just sits there. Drag me. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And over time, it creates a lot of inflammatory diseases. Right, Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, you may think, let's put away this childhood stuff, but it's actually impacting how many times you're going to a doctor, what's showing up, Mm -hmm. medications you're taking, right? Right. So there is Mm -hmm. an investment in people being ill, right? Because there's not that much or as much investment in addressing trauma in the body Mm -hmm. because we cut ourselves off, off at the neck. And we when we do just talk therapy, that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're just focusing on the brain and leaving the body behind, forgetting that this is what we walk with. And it has its own memory. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's really important to integrate them, to teach both how to respond instead of react mm-hmm. to trauma so that the person is in control of their lives and the direction they want to take it.
2: You
0: know? yeah. So, we both talked about um, how our bodies hold trauma, and you mentioned breath work mm-hmm. and... You mentioned something right now, I can't remember. Um, but what are some ways that people can release these? Because if some, if you have pain and you go to the doctor, they don't want to prescribe you with one thing that's going to have ripple effect because other things and whatnot, and maybe not address the trauma that you're talking about sitting in your lungs and other parts of your body. So what are ways that people can use their, their own bodies and the power that it has to heal itself? what are some ways like to breathwork, or maybe there's, you know, the through a sort of yoga. Or- if I mm-hmm. And if I could just add to that, mm-hmm. because in, again, in conversations that bird and I have had, and then in, um, planning for the podcast, um, and just like personal things, um, and hearing both of you t- speak. And um, of course it triggers my mm-hmm. own personal mm-hmm. generational mm-hmm. history and trauma, but then it also makes me think about how, um, as women, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've openly shared how I've had a miscarriage, um, and I'm pretty sure of PCOS, not diagnosed, because doctors Mm -hmm. um, sometimes aren't the most helpful, but just it makes me think about um, the trauma that, particularly Mm -hmm. as women, as women of color, that we experience through things like slavery, through immigration, Mm -hmm. immigrating, migrating, um, and how things like hormonal issues, um, or childbearing problems come up, things like that. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if you guys are like Mm -hmm. catching what I'm saying, but like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I don't know if there is a connection there Mm -hmm. that you have seen or that you can speak to and just sort of adding into what Brittany was asking as well.
3: So can I throw in? Go ahead. You know, there Mm -hmm. is huge connection. I did some research actually when I was um, in my MFT program literally on and this was in the context of slavery but i think it actually is very um it can translate into traumas across like generational historical traumas across the board for for women of color Mm -hmm. um the relationship between um rape historically and gynecological challenges And what that means in terms of um, the number of fibroids that are present Mm. Mm. for women of color. Specifically, you know, black women have a huge um, rate of fibroids and a huge rate of hysterectomies, unnecessary hysterectomies. Mm. And it can be seen as another form of forced sterilization. Mm. But this is when you have so much trauma passed on and passed down, everything that you have in your body, all the eggs that you have, are already there mm-hmm. before you're born mm-hmm. and so we get everything that we're carried within and so that trauma seeps into even that next generation and the generation after that and so there there is a very clear correlation are people necessarily working to change the way that they respond right. to women of color um, hopefully but not necessarily and so, you know, yeah, there are really true connections between how the body shows that up, but also the need for people to listen to women of color when they say what's mm-hmm. going on with their bodies, when they say this is what I need, and there is a tendency to, oh, you're just overreacting, right? Right? Oh, it's not that that big a deal. It's okay, right? right. Pacify yeah women of color, and that is not helpful, and that's not treating us like...
0: Human beings, mm-hmm. and so yeah, there's. I, I I don't know if that's getting to what you were. Yeah, thinking. no, it it definitely. Yeah, I think I'm just like making all these connections <laughs> while listening to you both talk, but so that, um, reminded me of like just things that we have spoken about, mm-hmm. you know, as being like women mm-hmm. of childbearing age, whatever that you know yeah. means about you know being, um, women with you know just these adult issues and mm-hmm. yeah, no that definitely thank mm-hmm. you and i'm sorry i jumped on your question no there's so much good stuff. The yeah <laughs> and it's
1: not normal like mm-hmm. us having painful periods that is not normal i'm gonna repeat that again <laughs> us having painful periods where we can't get out of bed we can't go mm-hmm. to work we can't do these things is not normal
2: yep.
1: like it needs to be easy-peasy, light flow, all right. Whatever I had to get out of my body, it's another opportunity for us to cleanse, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, and and that's what we've kind of, because we got to work these nine-to-fives, because we're living in this idea of, like, you know, make it till you, you know, fake it till you make it or whatever, uh-huh. um, yes. we're detached from our wounds completely. And so life would be so much easier for any female. And or any person mm-hmm. who is connected to the three brains and I'm talking about right? Your mm-hmm. your brain, your heart and your digestion. Mm-hmm. But if you do have and your reproductive system. Mm-hmm. But us at our womb, like, we've been disassociated from our bodies, mm-hmm. you know, and it's you know, it's heartbreaking. But when we start to follow that path and walk away that allows us to connect with our wombs again, it's just I've seen so much like magic just happen from it, you know, yeah. just myself within this past year. Um, and some things I've had to surrender a lot because our wombs are a dark place, also.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's this infinite place that's like dark and hollow. And a child comes out of it, but at the same time, there's all this other stuff that's in there. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's in there. Yeah. So a part of getting to know and healing mm-hmm. your womb has required of me, at least, to surrender into that and mm-hmm. not knowing what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And not knowing the power that it has to heal me mm-hmm. and my lineage mm-hmm. and my sisters and my community. Yeah. Um, but if we, again, just even having that awareness of, like, I need to have a deeper connection with my womb has, mm-hmm. is, can, can open up pathways for us our healing journeys
3: and that universal place right it right. is that place of the universe where the universe exists mm-hmm. and so that that dark place is everything and nothing at the same time and so so much can be born out of that right mm-hmm. just just so much it's like it's you know that I went to this talk a couple of years ago at Red Cat and um, there was this this woman there spoke about the womb as the portal to the universe and how beautiful that is right and i sit with that i also you know just to add i also think it's really important to have doctors Mm -hmm. that you interview right Mm
2: -hmm. because we don't
3: always do that like as women we don't we you know and sometimes we're not allowed to do that because of insurance or other challenges in that area but to interview the people who are going to be supporting you yeah what do you like where are we aligned and where are we not aligned because if we're not aligned let's figure something else out Mm
2: -hmm. um
3: and are they in full support of what you believe right they don't have to necessarily agree with everything but are they in support Mm. of you Mm um yeah so that's i think the other piece how do we advocate for ourselves
1: and i just want to remind us that a lot of this womb medicine Mm -hmm for many centuries, was, you know, labeled as witchcraft. Mm -hmm. And people Mm -hmm. got killed because they had this wisdom and they had this knowledge. Mm, Brujas or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, they created these negative terms Mm -hmm. so that we'd be disconnected. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're coming back to ourselves. So... Mm -hmm you know i just want to remind people that there's that little piece of history but it's not coming into play anymore as far as like where we're healing you know because our ancestors just want us to thrive they don't want us to be stuck on that yeah. past anymore and then, they want us to move forward yeah. and it's time to really move forward and
3: there are womb healers coming yes. up yes. right yes. We, so know it, we know are supporting them we know several yeah, several doulas several womb it. healers yeah,
1: several uh, abdominal abdominal massage therapists yes. like
2: yeah. and
1: we have to support these people because yeah. otherwise you know, we're gonna repeat that same history where we see them lynched or burned or whatever. You and know they what do I mean?
3: Amazing work. They just, they just things I wouldn't think of. They just go in right and yeah. know how to help someone shift and heal yeah. their body um, and heal this space that's so myst- mysterious sometimes to 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 all of us. So um, yeah, they're womb healers.
0: <laughs> I just want it's no. It's good. Thank <laughs> you so much. Yeah, yeah. everything. It's getting hot. <laughs> I wanted to um, talk since you brought up the the word brujas mm-hmm. and brujeria. I wanted to, as both of us have talked about how we're um, raised Catholic and we live with Catholic guilt every day, and we try to <laughs> overcome it. <laughs> so, so I wanted to talk a little, or ask you to speak a little bit on that. Because, you know, obviously, we can talk about, like, the colonization of our ancestral people and um, Christianity coming to us and mm-hmm. all those things, right? And so most of us, were, uh, well, a lot of us, particularly in Latin American countries, um, in Central America, in it's, Salvador, it's where I am from my family's room, it's all still predominantly Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. So I grew up with, um, and I don't know if you had a similar experience or know people were like, those are bad things and sort of have mm-hmm. any... Uh, touched on that a little bit Um, about how, you know, you know that there's these people in your family, your lineage, who have these gifts. But, right, you guys know what I'm talking about. But, so, yeah, so brujería has always been seen as bad, right? Even within, like, my own family. It's like, you know, we're devout Catholics, or they're devout Catholics. um, And then these other gifts or things or brujeria type things are seen as bad but it's so funny because even within the religion itself there's certain things that are like you know otherworldly or whatever you want to call it not able to be explained you know (laughs) you know what I mean so can you speak on that a little bit I don't know if that even made sense if that was the question but yeah what
1: makes it even more funny is um Jesus was a brujo (laughs) we're straight up worshiping a witch um (laughs) he was a straight magician like Uh it's turning water into wine like witches do that you know (laughs) like we're so um i think that if you look into it you read into it and whatever there's a whole bunch of edits and all that stuff but somebody that i recently saw on instagram they're like the whole book of psalms the book of psalms is like This whole, like, Mm -hmm. uh, spell book. Like, they were, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, doing all this stuff. But I think a lot of this also existed in every tradition Uh before even Christianity came into play. Mm -hmm. It's just things were modified and tweaked so that, you know, certain people can have easier access to the resources, right? And to that resource that we're talking about is our Mother Earth. Um, And, you know, anything... The way we honored our Mother Earth was the way we honored our womb. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of that connection. And I think that Christianity a lot of times has, you know, created this facade so that while we're turning and worshiping in these churches... They're over here, you know, mining in our lands, mm-hmm. taking these beautiful natural resources from El Salvador, like you mentioned, your beautiful country, like, and the things that have happened in C- Central America. Mm-hmm. So it has been direct access to the womb of our mother, our Mother Earth, mm-hmm. to take these resources. And it's kind of what happened to all of us, right? Yes. We're all carrying that yeah. trauma. Mm-hmm. They came into our wombs to take our magic away, to take our... Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, And the work that I do is the curanderismo, our soul essence, pieces of our soul. So when traumatic experiences happen to us, especially when it is sexual violence, um, it's like pieces of us leave our bodies. Right. right? Yeah. So when we do heal, and you could feel it sometimes mm-hmm. when you do some deep healing, you just mm-hmm. feel like whoa, something came back. Some something mm-hmm. maybe it'll ha- it's happened to you guys, and you just can't can't explain it. But it's like when those moments happen, it's you did something right along your path that allowed this piece of your soul that wants to be with you to just come back into your spirit Mm -hmm. so a lot of times that's kind of what happens when you are in yoga or in any deep trance state where you're honoring yourself and loving yourself Mm -hmm. and from my experience um but i grew up in my household like my grandma and my mom were always having my aunt my other aunt over who was always doing the cards for them and cleaning us with the eggs and all of the stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was... That's what I saw right. more of. Now I'm like cleaning with the feathers, you know, and all mm-hmm. the other stuff. But I just... It was straight up the yeah. egg, you know. Yeah. And what does the egg tell you or putting the egg somewhere. Mm-hmm. But that was a big one. So it just... It just it was weird too because it's like there's a relationship with it, but nah, but no. So it's like you know our generations before us are in this like tearing, like pulling themselves apart. And I was just like, okay, I'm not gonna have that. I'm gonna be in my power, and I'm gonna do all this stuff because I don't care anymore. I don't care. I don't care anymore. And like this idea of fear and like places that they tell us we're gonna go to if we do certain. They don't exist.
0: They Don't exist,
1: they do not exist. They exist right here in real time, right? That's yeah. how people save themselves, you know. Yeah. Like, um, you know, the home somebody who's homeless who just becomes a millionaire. Like, we're watching people mm-hmm. go from hell to like yeah. heaven in this reality, you know. Mm-hmm. So, that all that stuff.
3: Well, and to add to that, so like, um, before my family immigrated here, they were Catholic, they had to be Catholic, mm-hmm. um, in because they were. Um, They're in South America, so everybody had to be Catholic. Um, And so my mom was raised Catholic, and so was my uncle. And they're still Catholic. Um, So it's like people converted when they came to America. But what it says to me is the flexibility of people. Because underneath it, you know, even, you know, I grew up with the Santera. And so underneath, you know, what is Catholicism for any any type of different religions, there's something underneath, which is the other, you know, the Orishas, right? And in that, you know, she was one of, the, she was like a second grandmother to me. <laughs> and you know, there's all of this, you know, music. There's all of this life. There's all of this um, lack of hiding, right? Even underneath that, and the flexibility, because when you're forced to be a certain religion. You have to find a way to still have your truth seep through and so I think at some point people there's a fear of seeping through but there's also this great power and ability to kind of be a chameleon and always seep through find a way for those those stories those realities that knowing to be be told it just takes different forms different times
1: and something I do want to say not to get like religious or crazy spiritual but you know, I knew in my heart when I was going to church that, like, Jesus was speaking to me and was kind of telling me, like, a lot of stuff you're hearing is a little bit BS because <laughs>
0: oh. I, I, I just had, I just feel like we can relate. Like, <laughs> like, girl, we <laughs> take part of this. Yeah. <laughs>
1: because, because he, like, he's not the only one that came to do this, but he came to show us that he was this magical light being mm-hmm. and that all of us... Are that magical light being right, and everything he was able to do, we can do
0: that. And because if you want to get to that religious level, like, isn't there supposed to be God in all of us, right? We isn't are that all what, divine, right? beautiful. Yeah, right. that's isn't that what, what to say? Teaches yes. you Yes, has. there's so. a book. There's a book, the Book uh-huh.
3: of Thomas, right? Uh-huh. The Book of Thomas, which was one of the the lost Gnostic gospels that were buried in the desert. Oh, so nice. the the Bible was put together, and it was organized in a certain way but mm-hmm. the gnostic gospels were buried mm-hmm. and one of those books there was a book by Mary Magdalene mm-hmm. there was a book by Th- by Thomas and one of um one of what what it says there one of the pieces that are huge is if you look for God in the sky the birds will get there before you if you look for him in the sea the fish will get there before you mm-hmm. God is within us mm-hmm. that is powerful in itself right which is why it is taken out because <laughs> if some if that were known the connection between all these different faiths and religions and spirituality, there would be no fighting. Mm -hmm, It would be look inside, you are responsible, versus, oh, no, you don't believe what I say. So I'm going to come, whatever, right? Yeah. So it's, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And then when you look into that, like a lot of these folks, they had mystical things happen to them, you know, like, unexplainable things happen to them. And I think, Things like that happen to all of us on our daily lives, mm-hmm. and we sometimes feel like, who can I share it with? Mm-hmm. Like, who's not gonna judge me for it? Yes. Like, did that I'll really just
0: happen? Yeah, just mio. Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, what can I do?
1: So it's it's we live in a magical magical place, and we're divine awesome beings, and we can't be afraid of our power that was gifted to us, and we have our divine right to be in that power, you know, and nobody can tell us otherwise. But thank you so much for letting us live in a time where we can say that, you yeah, know? Because it it's real. been tough for our ancestors. But right. we're here now, and we can say that, and we can own that. Yeah. If you want to. Yeah. Which I'm hoping we all yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. so, um,
2: I
0: don't know if you want to get into a little bit of how the different traumas, like s- sexual trauma, coming out into a family as queer, like these different experiences, how... Um, how you get through them and how you can use yourself can you talk about um, these things the sort of yoga the breath work and because I know like just in sitting here talking about these things I can kind of feel like I'm little at least I think, I know you mentioned like stuff is resonating with us
2: mm-hmm.
0: so like how I've just noticed being more intentional about breathing as I'm watching out of Sally who's <laughs> uh, watch, you know is being intentional about breathing <laughs> and how that even you know that trickle effect so these different ways that we can like yeah. Check in with ourselves, yeah. like when we talk about these incredible things and experiences.
1: So I'll I can talk about the second chakra and just I think I want you to add to it too because we focus on the concept of water, right? Yeah. And understanding how you know we're seventy percent water, right? Mm-hmm. So that means we're a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. Water is emotion. We're moving just like the waves. We're it's constantly moving. So and um, as women, we are the or, you know, people who are more femme-identified, mm-hmm. we are the masters of the emotions. So when we're not, like, understanding, digesting, and really honing in the wisdom that our feelings are teaching us, we're doing ourselves a disservice, and we're doing our communities a disservice. Um, and I know that's a little bit of a hard message, I think, because you know there's all this idea like women are too emotional like yeah we are but we need to be masters of and learn how to master those emotions so that we walk as like these awesome beings you know what i mean and they can say what they want about women but i think we've created kind of like i don't know why we created them for some reason but it goes back to being detached from our woman being detached from the water being detached from the sacral chakra our sexuality chakra and so much shame that sexual violence has caused for us not to be able to own that so one thing i want to encourage us to do and i had this conversation with a friend of mine who's queer um and i was like we can't be shamed anymore because that shame is causing a wall, mm-hmm. you know, it, and we need to penetrate through it to really get into that area to heal even more. Because I'm not done healing, and I don't know if I'll ever be done right, healing. Right. I'm still healing a lot of sexual trauma that, you know, didn't even happen to me in this lifetime. But I feel like I'm carrying it from my ancestors, and mm-hmm. I feel like it it's happened to different people in my life and has happened in my family in different ways mm-hmm. and continues to happen, especially a lot of child sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Um... So for me, I just kind of, I think I embody it and I just like kind of heal it through me, even though, you know, I hope to, it it penetrates into my community, but that's kind of what happens when you really start to take your healing personally, it vibrates out and other people benefit from it. Um, But the sacral, but I think the shame, the more we can talk about not being ashamed, whatever happened is what happened. But that shame that, you know, the church or families caused, like, Whatever we can do to eliminate that, we'll go in deeper into healing our trauma. But that shame, I think, is coming back to us because, like, a lot of people are going to make us feel guilty or shameful for whatever happened to us. Because they don't don't know any better, you know? They just know that. But us, we know better. So I think we should understand not to carry any of that shame because it's blocking us from healing that. Second, second chakra, the sexual, sexual violence, and all of that, and ultimately, I think also connected to finding our voice. Um, so the more we go deeper in finding our voice and also healing, our um, whew, I'm forgetting this chakra, our throat chakra. Um, is also connected to to all of them are connected. But the more we can speak out and being mindful of that speaking out and releasing that shame. I think we can go deeper into healing our, a lot of the sexual violence. But one thing I do want to encourage is as, you know, folks who identify as female and anybody who identifies as female is learn more about your emotions and master your emotions, like be the master of your emotions. And that can help you heal and that can help you, you know, just manifest in different ways and also, like, calm others, you know? Like, other people are not going to come at you crazy, When you're mastering your emotions if that is happening to you Mm -hmm. and I'm speaking that from experience like Mm -hmm. straight up you know if we're mastering those emotions we know how they're making us feel we know how they're manifesting in different ways Mm -hmm. then we'll be able to eliminate that and I've been able to explore that through healing my relationship with my mom because like I said we're both cancers super emotional like I just you know she wasn't in control of her emotions and I learned that but I'm so grateful I got to learn that because here I am now like going
3: deeper and you know, and healing all of that. Yeah. And I, I, I appreciate you talking about, like, guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. And one thing that really helps because it's present with trauma, especially with sexual trauma, mm-hmm. is most times when I bring this up to folks, like, what's the difference between guilt and shame? Can we define it? And most people are like, they seem the same. Mm-hmm. But guilt is I feel bad for something. Shame is I am bad. And oftentimes, trauma creates both. This idea that you are bad and then you feel bad for what somebody else did to you.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And that compiles. And it's so deep. And it's so rooted. And it's hard to uproot that. And so one way to... This makes me think about how to redefine certain things that got defined through the trauma. Mm -hmm. So, you know, self, right? Being defined as the trauma, you know, guilt and shame. Happiness. What is happiness? And for me, I define happiness kind of this maybe a, a version of when you're talking about um, being able to master your emotions. Mm-hmm. So for me, happiness is being able to, no matter what chaos is going on around you, you are steady. Right? Doesn't mean you don't feel those emotions. Doesn't mean you don't respond to them but they don't control you. You don't react to them. You are steady because no matter what, you are who you are. And that, for me, is happiness because there will always be challenges. There will always be um, things that get thrown in your way, right? So that's some of how I think about it, and I think of it through, you know, how to heal, right? There's not one path on how to do that. Some of it will come through breath work, some of it will come through trauma-informed yoga, right? Moving the body, waking the body up, mm-hmm. letting the body create new meaning, new messages, um, and also to release. The body holds so much. And a lot of times folks don't realize they stop breathing. Folks don't mm-hmm. realize that their their you know arms are like this half the time, mm-hmm. like their shoulders and their arms are so tense and tight. <laughs> We're both know? like uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. or that certain parts of their bodies during certain times of the year start to mess with them mm. and get mm-hmm. worse over time. That is the body speaking and saying, "Hey, there's a memory here. I need you to pay attention mm. to me." And so, if we don't actually, <laughs> so if we don't actually start to listen to our bodies, we might be. And I say, you know, we might do all the talk therapy in the world. I'm a therapist. I value talk therapy. Yeah. But I value trauma-informed therapy, which includes the body. So we might talk about it for five years. We we might work through it for five years, but you walk by that same place where something happened to you, your body's going to remind you of it. And if you don't let your body work with you in that process, it's going to trip you up again. And so how do we create space for communication between the two? So whatever you do... The goal is to create communication. Breathing is a key way. Yoga is breath. Mm-hmm. Without breath, you're not doing yoga. So I always say, if, if that is all you do, you are practicing yoga, mm-hmm. right? And you don't have to move. Mm-hmm. But your body is moving mm-hmm. in such a new, deep, connected way that becomes practice, you know, over time, right? Moving the body in different ways through asanas is another another tool but the goal of yoga is to be able to be with yourself. And when there's trauma, it's hard to be with yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So that's part of, that That can be part of the journey. Right? Self-care is part of that journey. What does it mean to not feel guilty to take care of yourself and say, I'm busy, right? Mm-hmm. Having boundaries. You know, there's just so many things. Yeah. And community. Yeah. Like, we need
1: to build community so that way healthy community yes, vibrant healthy community because we're done with the shame yeah you know yeah Yeah.
0: thank you for the reminder to (laughs) to get my shoulders out of my ears i don't know if you guys ever like i'm always appreciative for when i'm scrolling through instagram and someone will post that reminder like Um, here's a reminder yeah um, you know, get your shoulders out from your ears, take a deep <laughs> breath, and I'm always, Like, I always stop and do it, and I'm like, oh, thank you. And then you, like, <laughs> yes. throw like, So I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always happy to be a reminder. <laughs> <laughs> People
3: <laughs> 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 remind me, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um,
0: can you... I know you You're speaking of it just now in your response, but we um use this... Uh, term trauma informed therapy so much now, mm. but can you uh, just sort of talk about the difference between regular talk therapy versus trauma informed therapy? Oh, trauma informed anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. So, concisely. Oh, uh, uh, I'm going to try. try So,
3: part of the challenge is that I can't necessarily speak to how everyone practices ah. right? because mm. everyone practices differently uh-huh. so they could be doing an element of trauma informed work and not the others mm. um, so it's very and that's part of thing about therapy is that it's behind closed doors so mm. you never know mm. but typically um, tr- traditional therapy does not necessarily um, find itself inclusive in, in In, thinking about trauma, it's getting better. It's, it's improving. It's now, so, you know, there are more trauma-informed specializations in schools, which is great. Um, but trauma-informed therapy does what I, part of what I've been saying, right? It's about connecting the mind and the body, but it also talks about, um, how to empower the individual, right? How to know that you are not in charge of you're not responsible for their healing you the therapist no yeah Mm -hmm. as that's not my job right my job is to be a guide Mm -hmm. and to offer as much support as I can along the road and the moment I think that I am responsible Mm -hmm. for that person's everything Mm -hmm. is the moment that I take their power away from them and that is not that's not what I'm trying to do
2: right
3: And so it's about that autonomy. It's about empowerment in people. It's about shifting your worldview and knowing that, you know, one of the things we always say, uh, you know, um, is not what did you do, right? It's not about, oh, what did you do to cause this? It's Mm -hmm. about what happened to you. Yeah. Just like if somebody's running you off the road, we go to what did you, what is wrong with you, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Versus like what happened to you that day Mm -hmm. finding compassion Mm
2: -hmm. for the
3: trauma that is showing up in that person's behavior even if it's being thrown all over you right? because that's what's happening in that moment for that person holding space for that finding interventions that's culturally relevant finding tools that actually work for them being able to hear from someone now this is not working for me and not take it personally Mm -hmm. backing off and being like okay well let's reevaluate what is working for you What do you need? Letting that person lead because it is about their healing, not about mine. So that's part of the difference, right? How to have as much opportunity to empower that person because power gets taken away with sexual assault, with domestic violence. How do you sometimes, you know, take a step down, recognize your power and know you don't need that much power in the room, right? And give over more. Mm -hmm. share share that power even out level out that power as much as possible Mm -hmm. so those are all you know different aspects of trauma-informed therapy but just trauma-informed work overall these are best practices you know compassionate empowerment yes Mm. yes see you always have the
1: well, you said it. I just uh, tried I to I don't, I don't put it more it good. Good.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go.
2: That's
1: you nice said thing. it. That was that's beautiful. Nice, that was know. beautiful
0: teamwork.
3: Yes.
1: And the anatomy part. Sorry. <laughs> the knowing the body more and how yeah. the body holds holds, holds really stuff. Really important.
3: And not telling somebody if they're like, "Oh, this is hurting." Of course, you want to make sure someone goes to the doctor, make sure that things yeah. medically are okay. But yeah. you also want to be like, you don't want to ignore that. Yeah. Right. You wanna find room for exploration.
1: And I've thought a lot about that of like, you know, ever since I went deeper in learning more about anatomy. Mm-hmm. Like what a difference it would make in our world if children
2: mm.
1: knew anatomy yeah. and mm-hmm. where like these emotions and things get held in their body. Mm-hmm. And we could even make, you know, sex ed even easier from that. Mm-hmm. Of them just understanding that they have this crazy anatomy that holds different things. And it's, like, almost like a temple, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I've thought about what a difference that could make in our world teaching the children anatomy at a young age. Like, real science anatomy. And the brain. Which I was thinking, we're going to talk about the brain, right? What? Should we talk about the brain? Sure. No, just really quickly, because I just (laughs) was reading something. So I don't know all the science words or whatever, but... um, our right side of our brain tends to be more creative, and our left side of our brain tends to be more analytic. Mm. Am I right about that? Yes. Mm. But typically, the left side is like known in yoga as more feminine, and the right side is more masculine, but then mm. the right side is more feminine, creative, and the left side is like more analytical, masculine. Mm. Mm. And then the part in the middle of our brain, um, which I'm forgetting the name, that is um, the part that we need to focus on and can... Healed through sound and through breath work and through yoga, mm-hmm. so that there is healthier communication between the two.
3: Yeah. So that's so the bridge between both right. our left and right sides. And there aren't a whole, but trauma impacts the brain structure and it mm-hmm. also impra- impacts the way that these two parts connect, uh, communicate with each other, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of this is about communication and mm-hmm. how we communicate with the body and how the brain connect, communicates with the, itself mm-hmm. to then communicate with the body. And so, um, healing arts is a key way of actually shifting, um, and, uh, creating deeper communication between the right and left sides, because you don't necessarily need to talk, you need to create. Um, there's this, uh, he's just amazing, Bessel van der Kolk, he wrote this book called The Body Keep Score. Oh yes, wow. that's the famous one. I know, I just want to go to one of his talks and be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that book is gonna
1: come up. He just—he just has to get squeezed in here. And yes.
3: the first article I read by him, it, it um, it actually talks about like some of his research going to, um, talking to survivors of Chernobyl, the Holocaust, mm-hmm. and he looks at the um, where trauma began, like when trauma took hold. And um, he found that trauma does not take hold. The trauma symptoms do not necessarily take hold just because trauma happened. It takes hold in that space between a lack of action, being being unable to take action to correct or change what is happening right Mm -hmm. now, which is where powerlessness inserts itself. Mm -hmm. So you could go through a, a really horrific event And also not have trauma symptomology, right? Because Mm -hmm. we know the brain has about a month or so where it can start to do some corrective work. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you, and that depends on the resources, family support that Mm -hmm. you have around you, but if you are unable to take action to interrupt this, whatever is happening, then there are, that's where trauma inserts itself. Mm -hmm. And that's where then the body starts to react as well. So it's very, you know, it's very interesting, this bridge in our brain and how we can connect that, but it's hard to talk about trauma, especially for young children. So that's because language center can sometimes be impacted. And so healing arts, doing art allows one to take action because you're doing Mm -hmm. right. Pushing against the wall with your hands is action. You're pushing, you're shifting something. And so these are ways that the brain actually, there's research that shows that the brain can heal itself and strengthen that bridge Mm -hmm. through art.
0: What does it say about me that I get so anxious about doing art? (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's what I keep thinking. I'm like, (laughs) hmm. I'm like, uh, (laughs) My nervous laugh. (laughs) (laughs) She always wants to do like those paint. What is it called? Pain. I was going paint the night, but that's Disney. Yeah, yes. yes. And I'm like, no, no, I can't. Don't make me do it. That's no. common, though, because, like,
3: you know, there's a difference between art for production mm-hmm. and art for process. Mm-hmm. Healing art has nothing to do with production. Mm-hmm. So, literally, I could scribble on a piece of paper and, you know, after a prompt and do some stuff. Nobody has to ever see that. Mm. So it's not going to be sold anywhere. But mm. the anxiety sometimes comes from the product, needing to make yes. a product, which yeah. is what a lot of art has become. Right. Mm. Yeah.
0: Can I ask why? <laughs> why? You um, I think I get very, like, neurotic about the product, about what it's going to look like. If it's good enough, it's not good enough. I'm not good at this. Like, I'm like, I don't want to do this. This is too much. This causes more anxiety than, like... <laughs> Yeah. healing. <laughs> yeah. okay. That's the thing that's, that with those nights. It's like when you do the wine painting and you go somewhere because they have like the red lady or right. something lady mm-hmm. in the red dress. We went to one um, and it was like painting of, like these birds on this background and mm-hmm. they, everyone's looks different but I was like I hate being constrained after drawing these birds like this but I want to do it and we've talked about doing like our own little like it's yeah. cheaper to get our own cheap wine and canvases. Yeah. Something I... That I do, that I find very healing is I use paper towels and mm-hmm. I just get the, the paint and then you just start like, yeah. you know when people throw paint mm-hmm. or so okay, in the Princess Diaries they throw the thing air on mm-hmm. the balloons, yeah. like different things like that. Like there's like healing in that for. film and body tensing. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> like this all oh, this sounds like just a so, lot. forcing <laughs> painting on her. Because like, uh. painting's been that for me. Yeah. I, what, I know here like what is the in after. Yeah. (laughs) But doing it, I really enjoy and I found a way that works for me Mm -hmm. and it's not always painting like a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. I have, I have one, where is it? I think it's in the kitchen. Um, But it was the, what's the yellow chakra? It's the power Power chakra. Yeah. So I painted one that's just that Mm -hmm. and it's all like with like the blot so it's like that motion, that consistent motion where you kind of get lost in it Mm -hmm. and it's yellow. I'll show you after. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I guess it's fine because that's been a practice of where I work to bring art healing in and let people have that space to make it what they want, mm-hmm. and so that's just how I I found that technique. I just keep I thinking like, what does that even say about me? That I'm like, oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> it might not be your But also, people are like, oh, I love running yeah. and I feel so at peace, and it's like, oh, <laughs> it's just preference, and it's yeah, what people yeah. find. Yeah. I wish I was that person. <laughs> Do you like per-
1: to take pictures?
0: Yeah, actually. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah.
1: Just one thing I did want to say was, um, my, like, I started healing myself when I started painting.
0: Mm-hmm. I was, mm-hmm.
1: like, super young, but I mm-hmm. became mindful of, like, oh my God, I'm so stressed and depressed. So I had to paint because mm-hmm. I was learning. Politics and war and mm-hmm. like all this craziness so I was painting mm-hmm. um, but in painting isn't your yeah. what they call medium mm-hmm. there's photography mm-hmm. and um, but I would encourage for us because I start reading to like we need to create something mm-hmm. and making art is something that'll get the ball going you know towards mm-hmm. building and building whatever it is you want to create mm-hmm. um, but It can be helpful. And I know painting can be scary. Yeah.
2: But it can be fun
1: too.
0: (laughs) I think that's what this podcast has been for us. Like Mm -hmm. wanting to tap into that creativity. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Where uh, Claude B works and where I work, and there's like a little, like, there's too much happening or there's not enough happening. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to have this space and we've been able to talk about so much. And especially right now, I think this is like really affirming why
1: we're doing this podcast. Mm
0: -hmm. and it
1: resonates with me because for i've been meditating on it of like we are so afraid of our own power Mm -hmm. you know like you would actually create something amazing and you're we're so scared to see how amazing it is Mm -hmm. we're like afraid of our amazingness
0: and and i think that's very indicative of who i am like as a person or like where my anxiety lives i guess because I think that's why we've said before that working together mm-hmm. is good because she's so like, let's just do it, let's just put it out there. And I'm like, no, plan, details, <laughs> yes, just like, so let's plan research. Like, I told them, like, we're just gonna talk about this summer <laughs> <told> <laughs> like we're this. Yeah, so like having that sort of like yin, yeah. yin, yang yeah, yeah, balance, yeah. you know, works out for us. I feel mm-hmm. like we were very
3: similar. I'm like, let's meet about this. Let's talk, let's plan, and, I was, and then I was like, well, it's, okay. Yes. You got it. it's okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> okay.
1: Okay, I think this is where we'll take a break.
0: Um, we've had such great conversation with Ebony Araceli, and we have so much more to share with you. Um, gonna try and find out about Mercury and retrograde and some other things. Lots of little brujeria tips and tricks up our sleeve. Uh, coming at you in the next two weeks. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Follow us on all socials at 2 Pod. That's T-W-O-B-S-Pod. Tell your friends and your friends' friends. More importantly, tell your followers and your haters. Bye! Bye.